0: Edition of Mind of a Madman brought to you from STS Studios. Uh, just want to ask you guys to bear with me this week. Uh, I got a cold or something. in My throat got something going on, so my voice is a little off. But uh, you know, I'll push through, get through this. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about um, a, somebody who supposedly is stuck in the year 2027 all by himself, but can still somehow communicate with us in present day 2023. We we'll get into that next. But first, as always, we have. Uh, news, paranormal news. <clears throat> Our first story is entitled An Infamous Ukrainian Time Traveler Story Has Finally Been Explained. There's one, things, one thing we like uh, is a good time traveler story. There's been an influx of people on TikTok claiming to be from the future over recent times, but nothing will come close to the story of Sergei Potomarinov. I got I have that right. In one of the most famous, one of the most infamous cases of its kind, the story centers around a man who turned up in Kyiv, Ukraine back in 2006, claiming to be from, from years in the past. He told authorities that he was born in 1932. Uh, he looked apart carrying an old fashioned camera and a detailed outfit. The most compelling thing was he held a Soviet document from the 1950s, which he claimed showed he was the age of 25. He then proceeded to show people pictures that he claimed he'd taken on his camera in Kyiv. After they'd been developed, authorities found the images did indeed show Kyiv in the 1950s. They also showed him with an unnamed woman, as well as an image of himself, or... as well as an image that he claimed showed a UFO. The bizarre story took another turn when authorities looked back in the records and found the man by the same name who went missing in 1958. Strangely, they tracked down the man's girlfriend, who by the time was in her 70s. It turns out that the girlfriend was the woman in the photographs. Well, I never I never heard this story before. Yes, could have been in its own episode. Let's, let's keep going here. She then told authorities that he disappeared for two years and then reappeared in the 1950s. Not only that, but she then received a photograph showing him as an older man, with the picture purportedly to have been taken in Kyiv in in the 2050s. It's all kind of weird, but the the mystery might finally have been solved after all these years. YouTuber Joe Scott has delved back into the case and came up with an explanation that might put the whole incident to bed. As Joe finds, a picture of Poromakyo, reportedly reportedly from 2050 Kiev, has been cloned and possibly includes the Empire State Building. More compellingly, Joe also found the photos were taken from the Ukrainian TV show's Aliens. The show discusses the possibility of extraterrestrial life. And it's similar to the type of show you would see on a history channel. But according to Scott, it has a number of inaccuracies. Uh, so it seems that the time traveler has been busted. So basically, you, what they're saying is, is that all these photos were faked. That you know, he used some kind of computer cloning technology. I don't know, i never heard about this, this, about this, this time traveler before now. But actually, it fits with our with our topic today. You know, that we're talking about a little bit later on. But so, who knows? I guess the mystery's been solved. Uh, so let's go to our next story. Uh, my computer cooperates with me. Okay, uh, our next story is entitled "Alien Hunters Are Enlisting the Public's Help on an Ambitious Practice Run." Uh, Is it a multimedia art project or rehearsal for alien contact? Let's call it both. Researchers specializing in the field of extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, worked with a media artist to stage the the receipt of an interstellar message and a global effort to decode the message. The project, entitled A Sign in Space, is orchestrated by media artist Nali De Palis, in collaboration with the SETI Institute, the European Space Agency, the Green Bank Observatory, and the Italian National Institute for Astrophysics. The metaphorical curtain rose on May 24th when ESA's ExoMars Trace gas orbiter transmitted an encoded message uh, from uh, Martian orbit to Earth at 3 p.m. Eastern. 16 minutes after the transmission, the signal was received by three radio telescope facilities that have previously, that have previously played roles in the SETI quest. The SETI Institute's alien telescope array in California, the Robert C. Byrd Green Bank Telescope in West Virginia, and the IFNA, which Where was the INFA, let's get back up to the article. INFA, right, that was the Italian National Institute for Astrophysics. Uh, the transmission will be processed by three radio astronomy teams and then will be made available for the public for decoding. Processed data will be stored securely in, collaboror- in collaboration with the, breaking, with the breakthrough listening to Open Data Archive and Filecoin, a decentralized data storage network. Anyone working to decode and interpret the message can discuss the process on a Discord server set up for the, for, for, up for the project. Findings and observations can be submitted to the team via a secure form on the project's website. A sign of in space is also presenting a series of Zoom-based discussions in the weeks to come. Focusing on the, society's on the societal implications of detecting a signal from an extraterrestrial civilization, De uh, Paulus, the artist behind A Science Space, is a former contemporary dancer and licensed radio operator who currently serves as artist-in-resident at the City Institute in Greenbanks Observatory. She incorporated radio technologies and philosophies in her art art projects since since 2009 and is a regular host of the Wow Sigma podcast. Throughout history, humanity has searched for the meaning in power and transformative phenomenon. Receiving a message from an extraterrestrial civilization would be a profoundly transformative experience for all humankind. A sign in space offers the unprecedented opportunity to tangibly. Rehearse and practice for the scenario through global collaboration, fostering an open-minded research for meaning across cultures and disciplines. So basically, what this is saying is uh, they're basically doing like a practice run right in case we would ever receive a a transmission from another civilization. So they're they're sending a radio transmission from a satellite in orbit around Mars, so we can pick it up through our radio telescopes, and then they're gonna put the message uh, on like a on a server that, that the public can access, and then, you know, you know, all of us together can work together to try to decode it. And then they're going to have, like, you know, uh, basically, like, a chat room set up on Discord so that everybody can, can you know, discuss it and work, you know, to work together, which, that's a, you know, that's a really cool concept. Uh, let see if they have any information here how to actually be part of this. Uh, doesn't... That sucks. It doesn't give you like a link directly to it. Imagine if you went to like uh, if you did a Google search for uh, a sign in p or a sign in space. That's that's the other group doing this. I'm sure you know it'll lead you to you know you know how to be involved in this. Uh, I'm actually do that myself. That sounds pretty cool. Um, our next article. Uh, let's see here. Our next article is entitled, Science Finally Solved the Mystery of How the Mayan Calendar Works. For this before, let's see if they, if it's for real this time. Let's see here. Scholars show how multiple planets move, movements tie into the 819-day Mayan calendar. The eight hundred nineteen days of the calendar must be viewed across a forty five year time period to be fully understood. Movements of all major planets visible the ancient Mayans fit into this extended calendar. The Mayan's calendar eight hundred nineteen day cycle uh, has co co-found, founded scholars or has confounded scholars for decades. The new research shows it matches up to planetary cycles over a forty five year span. That's a much broader view of the tricky calendar than anyone's previously tried to take. In a study published in the journal *Ancient Mesoamerica*, Meso- Meso- two Tulane University scholars highlighted how researchers never quite, never could quite understand, explain the 818-day cycle calendar until they broadened their view. Although prior research had uh, had sought to show planetary connections for the 119-day count its four part color directional scheme was too short to fit well with the syn- with with the, with the synodic period of visible planets by increasing the planets the by increasing the length of the calendar by 20 periods of 819 days a pattern emerges in which the the syn- the synodic periods of all the visible planets commerce with with station points in the in larger 818 day calendar. That means the Mayans took a 45 year view of the planetary alignment and coded it into a calendar that has left modern scholars scratching their heads in wonder. While ancient Mayan culture offered various calendar types, one that baffled scholars the most was this 818 day calendar discovered in glyphics texts. Researchers have long believed this calendar was associated with planetary movements, especially the syndicatic periods, when the planet appears visually to return to the same location in the sky as seen from Earth of key planets. However, planets move quite differently, and matching up multiple planets in the 119-day uh, span didn't seem to make sense. So, you know, I don't know if this is the same Mayan calendar that everybody thought was going to end in 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 2010, and it was going to be, or whatever year that was, 2001, whatever year it was, it was going to be total apocalypse, and apparently it's just, you know, them mapping mapping out the planets, and, you know, we've been, you know, reading way too far into this, and it's just something simple, it's very, very simple, and we've, we've been making a, you know, a huge mess out of it, so just going to show you that, you know, humankind, we have a tendency to, to make things more than they really, really are, you know, uh, we do it all the time. So, let's look at our next article. It's entitled, An Incredible Findings About Aliens. Let's see here. Alright. Alien bacteria might live in the clouds of Venus. Astrobiologists... Uh, uh, astrophysicists were excited with amb- anticipation and skepticism in September 2020 when news broke potential evidence of life in the upper clouds of Venus the announcement posted in the pre- posted a presence of phosphine, a rare and often poisonous gas that on Earth at least, is almost always associated with living organisms I remember this, I thought others more recent in 2020 but that's why NASA's got missions going to Venus here uh, very shortly you know, I mean, Venus is, you know, closer to us than Mars, easier to get to. We just never thought that there's anything there exciting to look at, but, you know, with with, with the discovery of potential bacteria in the atmosphere, there might be life there after all. So, definitely something cool to look at. That's definitely coming up here uh, in the near future with NASA. So, see what the next one is. We just talked about this recently. Come uh, or well, interstellar object Oumuamua could still be an alien artifact, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Two years ago, scientists spotted a cigar-shaped object hurling through the solar system, dubbed Mau Mau. The an entity is considered by most to be an interstellar comet flung from another star. Because of observations showed, it was accelerating as if something were propelling it. Scientists weren't sure why. Harvard University Astrophysics has proposed, instead, instead of a comet, it could be an alien probe pushed by a light sail. Yeah, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's kind of cool how like you know things that we just talk about just, just keep popping up in the news. Uh, it, it 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 just goes to show that science is starting to look at the paranormal. You know, like you know, two years ago the, the, these kind of things wouldn't wouldn't be in, in the news two three four years ago, but now after the whole uh, you know after all these you uh, have all these TikTok videos have made their way into mainstream media. Uh, now that you know the media is starting to look at other things too. So it's, it's just kind of cool to see the Defani paying attention to other things that science should have been paying attention to all along. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> we talked about this. Navy declassified UFO videos uh, don't believe them. Wait, yeah, don't believe the hype. A fair number of earthlings don't care, or don't care the amb- ambiguous evidence, evident scientists come up with to show that aliens are out there. They are convinced that we've been visited by technological by, by technological beings many times, pointing to stories about UFOs and alien encounters, pretty much all of which have been debunked. Now, that's not true, that this article is not 100% true, because a lot of them have not been debunked. But anyways, True Believers research received a boost in April 2020 when the U.S. Navy released uh, footage captured by pilots that showed odd wingless crafts traveling at hypersonic speeds looking for all intent and purposes like looking like bizarre alien machinery. You know, so like I said, we, we, we thought about these in the past over and over. And this was started, started all the, all the, you know, this this was started science, or, you know, science and the media start looking at paranormal things. Uh, Milky way could be teeming with ocean worlds, ocean worlds which are classified as those having significant amounts of water on, or just beneath their surface. Are surprisingly common in the solar in the solar system. Earth is obviously one such place, but Jupiter's moon Europa is thought to host a va- thought to host vast seas under its icy shell, and Saturn's, Saturn's moon Enceladus is also known to have watery uh, geysers spewing from its exterior. Uh, Momentum is, in fact, building in the astronomical community to send a probe that could land on either satellite sometime in the 2030s and check for any living things that might lurk just under the shell. As for ocean worlds beyond our own sun, in a study released in June 2020, researchers looked at 53 exoplanets similar to size in Earth and analyzed variables, including their size, density, orbit, surface temperature, mass, and distance from their star. The scientists concluded that of the 53, roughly a quarter might have, re- might have the right conditions to be considered ocean worlds. So, it, you know, so you know, it it, it just shows a shift in science because you had know, 25 years ago or so, this thought that, that water was very very scarce in space. That you know, it only occurred, you know, in a handful of places. Now we're finding waters everywhere. You know, it's all throughout our solar system. It's all throughout the universe. And if we know anything, you know, you know anything about water, wherever there's water, there's life. So. You know, it just builds more more, more potential that there's definitely, you know, life out there, you know, out there in the solar, area, you know, out, out in the universe, you know, and I know these people who say, you know, we're the only intelligent life, really? Uh, when you figure there's more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand on every beach of the world, there are so many stars, so many planets, so many with water, we can't be the only thing out there. There's no statistically, mathematically, You know, however you want to look at it, there's no way that we're it. There has to be something else out there. So, you know, we just keep getting more and more evidence like this showing that there's definitely something out there. Uh, Our next one is, earth bugs breathe hydrogen, maybe aliens do too. Most Earthlings require oxygen to survive, but oxygen isn't common in the cosmos, making up about 0.1% of ordinary mass of the universe. There's far more hydrogen, 92%, and helium, 7%, and many planets, including gas giants like Jupiter and Saturn, are mostly made of these light elements. (coughs) In May 2020, scientists took E. coli bacteria and ordinary yeast and tried to see if they could live in different environments. Such microbes are already known to survive without oxygen, and when placed in a flask filled with either pure hydrogen or pure helium, they managed to grow albeit at, sl- at slower rates than usual, the finding suggests that when searching for organisms uh, elsewhere in the universe, we might want to consider places that don't exactly, look exactly like Earth. So, yeah, you know, so they're saying that the you know, carbon-based life forms don't necessarily need oxygen to survive. You know, they could survive on helium or hydrogen. You know, so, you know, we keep looking, you know, effort, you know, scientists are looking for a place that looks just like Earth for life, but... Maybe, that, maybe that's not it. Maybe, you know, we're the odd ones. Maybe, you know, we're we're one of the few that, that breathe oxygen. You know, maybe, you know, we're the oddities. We don't know. So, uh, life could live around a black hole. When hunting life on other worlds, most scientists stick to what they know. Searching for Earth-sized worlds orbiting suns like stars, the far more exotic configurations could exist, such as a planet circling around and heated by a black hole. At first glance, such a scenario seems absurd, but contrary to popular depictions, black holes don't just suck in everything around them. Gravitational stable orbits are possible, and the light from the cosmic background radiation, a relic with temperatures and absolute near, near zero absolute zero from the early universe that preeminates all space, would get heated as it fell into a black hole. As a paper released in March 2020 showed, this could provide warmth and energy for any organism that happened to evolve in such a strange location. I never thought about that, but I guess it does make sense. You could have life, I guess, around, you know, a planet that, the, you, know, you know, the rest of the solar system has been sucked in, but it's somehow, you know, got gravitationally stable around it, and it's got life. I guess, it could, you know, I guess it is true. this points out something. If you haven't noticed, a lot of these discoveries that we just talked about are from 2020. That shows that even though, the you know the, well you know, which is... When the pandemic was going on, you know, scientists weren't just, we weren't just sitting in their jammies watching TV, you know, they were, they were working still, you know, and, you know, they did a lot of work because a lot of this is from 2020. So it shows that the scientists really were working a lot. I mean, even if it be from home, they were really busting ass. You know, they, they really did a lot of work, which is impressive. Uh, so, you know, that's that list of, you know, incredible findings about aliens. Our last article is entitled, The Mysteries of Jupiter's Ever-Changing Stripes May Finally Be Solved. Tigers may not change their stripes, but Jupiter sure does. The giant planet's surprisingly neat, altering bands of dark and light clouds periodically change their appearance, and the reason for these cyclonic variations is a mystery. Now, now after studying Jupiter's uh, magnetic field collected by the Juno probe, a team of scientists from Japan, Spain, and the UK think they've cracked it. The changes seen seen in Jupiter's stripes coincide with magnetic oscillations inside the gas world. It's possible to get wave-like motion in a planetary magnetic field, which are called torsional oscillations. The exciting thing is that when we calculate the periods of these torsional oscillations, they correspond with periods that you see in the infrared radiation on Jupiter. <coughs> From a distance, Jupiter appears to have a, 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 a appears as serene as a sunset of pale creams and burnt caramels. These darker stripes are known as belts. The paler ones are known as zones. Quiet though they seem, the belts and zones of Jupiter uh, build the, wild, the planet's wild weather system. They circle the planet in opposite directions. Belts travel against Jupiter's rotation zones, uh, and the zones travel with it. And at different altitudes, the belts and regions are of upswelling are... Uh, so, the, so the cloud tops in the belts are higher than the cloud tops in the down-dwelling zones. So basically, the clouds rise in the, in the belts and sink in the zones. Okay, makes sense. In infrared, the color scheme reverses. The light bands become dark and the dark bands become bright, suggesting the belts the belts have a thinner cloud covering than the zones. Earth has similar alternating belts of atmospheric circulation, just a lot fewer. There's some similarity in the way the world generates these atmospheric features. Jupiter's weather is so very different from that on Earth that it's impossible to ex, ex, the, the extrapolate. What one planet does onto another. What's more, Jupiter has uh, cyclic variations in the clouds, linked to various observations and infrared data. Every four to five years, things change. The colors of the belts can change, and sometimes you see global upheavals when a you know, whole weather pattern goes, com- goes slightly crazy for a bit. It has been a mystery as to why this happens. Who has been studying Jupiter since 2016? Uh, that's collected a lot of data on various structures and properties. One of those is the planet's magnetic field, a huge magnetic structure generated by Jupiter's dynamo, uh, convecting and conducting fluid rotation of the planetary's interior that converts kinetic energy into magnetic energy. By studying years' worth of magnetic field data collected by Juno, uh, the team were able to identify the signatures of seismic oscillations to Jupiter, and excitingly, these seem to link are linked and coincide with the with the planet's stripe changes. So, you know, there, there's a study recently linking you know linking weather to on Earth to seismic to seismic and magnetic activities. Uh, you know, so maybe you know like uh, before like a major earthquake, sometimes you'll see like like crazy colors in the sky and stuff, like a couple hours before or a day before or something. So there's definitely some kind of correlation between the atmosphere and the interior of, of the Earth. So they're saying the same thing here with, with, with Jupiter, where, you know, it's changing magnetic field changes its it's, its atmospheric bands, which totally makes sense. So, so with that being said, uh, let's get on to this week's article, which is a time traveler stuck in 2027. We've talked multiple times on this podcast about time travel. We have talked about it in the news today. Um, we have discussed multiple methods of time travel, and if science even allows it, or that's if science even allows it. Now imagine waking up in a hospital to find that not only have you somehow traveled to the future, but you're the only human that exists. You're stuck in the future not knowing how you got there, not knowing if you can ever return, and you're all alone. No other humans around. No humans other than yourself alive. Period. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to look at just such a story. I received a text message from a listener who asked if I would talk about uh, uh, Javier, who's trapped in 2027. So I looked at it. I'm like, you know, uh, you know, I briefly heard about this story, and you know, I never really paid much attention to it. But you know, anything that you guys request, I'll, I'll gladly research and do an episode on. After really looking at this story, I must say there was quite more to this than I originally thought. There is actually some compelling evidence to support this, this this story. Let's start from the beginning. According to the man by the name of Javier, uh, he woke up in a hospital room, not knowing how he got there or why he was there in the first place. He claims he woke up. It was February thirteenth, twenty twenty-seven. According to Javier, he is in Valencia Spain. Valencia has a population uh, currently of almost 800,000. So approximately two and a half times the population of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The only thing that the only thing though is that Javier is all alone. No one else is there. He's the only human. He claims there is a mass extinction of known of unknown origins and that he is the sole survivor. At least in his parts of Spain. So, how is he able to communicate with us in 2022 while being stuck in 2027? This is where it gets a little weird. Well, weirder. He claims that he has, or that his TikTok account is the only link between him in the future and us in current times. He goes by the TikTok handle of at. Wow. It's. Uh. Unica you know, uh, Bravinet. I'll I'll put that uh in I'll put that in the title of the uh of the show. So you know, uh, when you listen to this, just just the title. In parentheses, I'll put his TikTok name. So if you wanna go check him out, <coughs> the last time I knew he was still out and posting. I think. So you know you, you know you, you know, like I said y'all you know, put his handle in the in the show title you you know and then you can go check him out if you want after you done listening to this. Um. So going against all of the known laws of physics, his TikTok account is allowing him to communicate with everybody in 2022 from 2027. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. This is just someone looking for his 15 seconds of fame, and this is all just fantasy. That's you know that that's what I thought at first too. But here's where things go off the go off the rails. After his after uh, he has video after video where he is walking around the downtown streets of Valencia. Spain, in broad daylight, and there's nothing. No one walking, no one driving, no cars, nothing. Just a fully intact city with zero people. He, he even pans around in a full 160-degree circle showing all the way around him. He is in stores, subway stations, and even in major pedestrian hubs. Not one single person. At that time of day, the places should be packed. 800,000 people, that's pretty hard to, to you know, for that to happen. Now, remember, this is a city with a population of more than double that of Pittsburgh. There shouldn't be any time of day in which there wouldn't be a few people, you know, at bare minimum, out walking around. A few people called him out saying he was just out when the sun first came up before people started communicating, or uh, before people started commuting. So he goes to one of the busiest places of the city during one of the most traveled parts of the day, where hundreds of people should be walking through there, you a 360 circle while making sure to capture multiple clocks on businesses and buildings showing what time it was. He proceeds to go to beaches and a police station, both of which are completely void of humans. One of the first things everyone questions is <coughs> if there isn't any humans, how is the how is power and in internet, or how is the power and in internet still functioning so smoothly? He theorizes that it is some kind of portal or connection between 2021 before he time traveled to 2027 where he currently is. He thinks this is why his TikTok account is linked between now and 2027. To further his claims, he goes into museums and other big tourist areas, but there's no one there, not one person. He goes into hospitals, which should always be, have people walking around and working. It is also a of humans other than himself. He even goes to the extreme of taking a cop car for a joyride. All these things would be difficult to fake. So what's going on here? First of all, it's his claim that he has actually actually traveled through time. But this raises a number of questions. First of all, if humans underwent a mass extinction, there's no doubt that the, the, the panic would have erupted, and the city would have its streets gridlocked with cars. Stores would have been cleaned out bare. Uh, just look at what happened during COVID lock the lockdown. Store shelves were emptied out. I mean, in in, in mere you know, in mere hours, you know. Store shelves are empty, canned good toilet paper. It was crazy. That wasn't a mass extinction. That that was just the you know, pandemic, which is still pretty bad, but So uh also lawns seem to look like they're look that like they're well kept. Everything looks like everyone just disappeared, and while he is at the airport. Uh, there was a current arrival and departure times. If no one was around, how could the arrival and departure times be current if no one was there to fly the planes in and out? The only paranormal phenomenon that I can think of is that is that the Hadron Collider caused a rift in our universe, like a record-skipping sucking Javier into a parallel universe. Maybe the laws of physics are altered, and time is essentially frozen. If... Uh, it mirrored our universe at the instance of the rift and just froze. And Javier was in the exact place to get transported to the parallel to that parallel universe. The hadron collider is the main suspect for it, uh, in, the, in the Mandela effect. The only other plausible explanation is he is faking all these videos. How could he fake all the videos? Most of them. Uh, he could use a computer program like piximatic or Photo Director three sixty five or Adobe Photoshop to remove the people from his videos. Uh, I actually just started using um, Google Google Photo Editor has a uh, has a feature where we we can erase people or objects out of photos. And it actually works pretty good. I mean you can tell it's you can tell something was there. I mean it's 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 a little blurry, but you know, like a quick glance, you can't even tell it's it's you know a pretty cool app, but uh, like I said, you know, many phone apps are now allowing me to move people in real time. But as far as being in a police station or taking the police car for a joyride, he would need a little help for that. Uh, he would need to know a couple of police officers extremely well and be willing to help him by allowing him to access parts of the police station and close to the public and allow him to drive a car for a few minutes. And the hospital, I mean... You know, there are abandoned hospitals, but they wouldn't, but like in these videos, it looks like people were just there. I mean, he goes in, you know, he he goes into operating rooms and everything's set up like it was like, like there's about to be an operation and, you know, all the lights are on. And if it was a man in a hospital, that wouldn't be, you know, all the instruments would be taken away, you know, and the power would be turned off and, uh you know, so I, I you know, it's definitely an interesting case. um I don't know what's going on here. Uh, if, 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 if he is faking this, he's got a lot of help from somebody from multiple people. Uh, and then it goes further where there were, there, there were times where, uh, like, 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 like to prove himself, uh, people would say, all right. Or, you know, he would, he would tell people, all right, let something, let something in a certain area and I'll, you know, you know, then I'll go record and get it. So, like, you know, someone would take, like, you know, would take, like, right, a letter opener, and they put it on top of a beam in, like, a, in, you know, in, like, a sewage tunnel or something, right? And he would go down and, 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 you know, show that he was getting it. And they would do this in well-populated places, and there was no one around while he was getting it. And then, and, and then you know, the people would go back, and, and the things were still there, almost implicating that, you know, we would put it here in our time, and then in his time it would, it would be there. I don't I don't know what's going on. It's, it's definitely an interesting story. Um... Like I said, I'm going to put his uh, his TikTok handle in the show description so you can go to his TikTok and check it out more if you want to. It's crazy some of the videos on there. You definitely need to go check it out for yourself. So at the end of the day, what do you think happened here? <sighs> uh, is Javier really stuck in a post-apocalyptic Earth in 2027? Stuck in a parallel universe? Or just him using the latest photo or video editing software to fool us with a bunch of his friends you know, uh, helping him pull off a lot of these tricks let me know what you think go on the website or uh, on the facebook page you know you can email us uh text us whatever you want to do you know you, you all those things are always in in the you know in the, you know in the, uh all those links are always in the descriptions for the for the podcast uh but yeah you know I'll go on there you let me th- know what you think you know and uh if we get more information maybe i'll do an update to the story if you know we find more about it but uh, so for now, let's look at, uh, last week, uh, at the question of the week. So last week, uh, the question of the week was, it was, it was, was two-part about SpaceX, uh, you know, after, you know, the, you know, after, you know, after they launched, launched the first completely, uh, assembled Starship and it ended up exploding on, you know, and destroying the launch pad and stuff. First question is, do you think the federal government's going to ease up on SpaceX as far as, you know, because, you know, like, you know, they've been really cracking down on SpaceX lately and, uh make it difficult for them to, you know, get their launches in because of, you know, you know, their, you know, first it was, you know, the ecological impact at Boca Chica and you have the launch facility and, you know, and now, you know, with it, you know, the dumping your debris into the ocean and stuff and just, just everything that, you know, that, you know, the federal government's been really cracking on SpaceX. You know, the question was, A, do you think that they're going to ease up on SpaceX? They get a couple launches in this year. And B, uh, how many launches do things going to take till they get it right and it's actually it, it actually works, you know, you will work and work and take off and land. So the first part of the question is about the federal government. Uh, I actually had I'd say about sixty percent of the people who responded to this said that they don't think that the government's going to ease up. Um, this I mean honestly I think it all comes down to one thing and that's money. Uh, you know, you know who's got it, who's willing to spend it, you know. And uh, SpaceX, Elon definitely has cash. And if if we've learned anything about our government, unfortunately, our officials are easily our officials are easily bought. You know, you give them quote unquote campaign funds. So I think there's going to be exchange of money behind closed doors, and they're going to ease up. I mean, I think that I think it's already happened because if if you look at if you look at already at space, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, they were or months ago, they're all about you know it's going to be forever, you know, or, or, or you know you can't launch from Texas because you know it's it, because you know, the, you know the environmental impact and people who you you know, live around here it, it's not safe, blah, blah 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 blah. You have to launch them from, from Cape Canaveral. Now all of a sudden we're low, you know, launching from Boca Chica, so I think the money exchange already happened, and I think another exchange will happen. I think it's just that it's just that the government has to, seem so like they cracking down so that people don't say, "Hey, you're not doing your job." But I think an exchange of money will happen, and I think the you other know, they're going to land up. And there's going to be a couple launches this year, I think. I really do. As far as how many launches it's going to take to get it successful, uh, one thing I will say about SpaceX and Elon is, you know, is they learn so much from each. Uh they learned so much from each one of their launches. And uh hold on a second here. I have a technical problem. Uh they learned so much from each one of their launches, you know. And they they, they definitely take, you know, take take notes and the and they they learn from things. Uh I think that I'm going to say three more launches and they're going to have have it down. I think you know, the other next launch will will definitely clear the launch pad. And I think they'll get into orbit, and then I think it's just going to be, you know, and then you know that one, that one, they'll probably splash down into, into the ocean just because, you know, the days when we get, get the orbiting part of it done, or figured out. And then I think, I think two attempts and the other get the thing to stick to landing. I really do, because you know they're just, because basically, you know, when they stick to landing, it's, it's not the whole thing. It's just the starship itself. You know, all the boosters will be gone. You know, they all come off. So they've already stuck. They've already stuck the starship landing once. For the most part, so I think it's just going to be getting it to go in orbit and go around, and you know. So I think once they figure out the orbital part, the landing, the landing is going to be cake work compared to how it used to be. So I think I'm gonna say three more launches, and they're gonna have it. So with that being said, uh, I guess let's let's look going forward here. Uh, today we talked about the Hadron Collider potentially causing Javier's issues. We're gonna be looking at the Mandela effect and more Mandela effects here in the near future. So. Uh, I want to know what you think. Uh, do you think that the Hadron Collider is what's causing the Mandela effect? Or do you think it's something else? Do you think it's just a collective false memory of humans? Do you think it's, you know, things have been implied? Do you think maybe Harp, the Harp thing up in Alaska is causing it? You know, sorry. All right. Uh, do you think that that uh, that the Hadron Collider is what's causing the Mandela effect? Yes or no? And if not, what do you think's doing it? So uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Talk to you guys again next week. Until then, stay safe.